Today, of course, is the 15th anniversary of 9-11, and with such tragedies, people always remember where they were at the time. I seem to recall the loves that were lost, and I will share some of those stories tonight on this show where we talk about that secret society, that secret society we know as sex. Everybody's doing it. It's just that no one talks about it well, except me, of course, here every Sunday night on the Sunday Night Sex Show on Newstalk 980 CKNW, the show where we educate everyone about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making your relationships the best they can be. Good evening. I am Maureen McGrath, a registered nurse in the field of sexual health. It is my pleasure to be here with you tonight and every other Sunday night that I come to you live. I'm also author of the book Sex and Health, Why One Can't Come Without the Other. I'm also a researcher blogger at Fifty Shades of Pink, and for Huffington Post, a clinician in the field of sexual health, a TEDx speaker, and your resource to help start that conversation, answer your questions, and help you discover new and exciting things about sex, love, your relationships, and your body. I make no innuendos, no judgments, and certainly no apologies, just fearless, straight-up talk about sex. I guarantee it will be illuminating, enlightening, and fun, so please stay with me. Just a gentle reminder to put the kidless to bed as listener discretion is advised. Although we will be talking a lot about health and love and relationships, there will be some sex talk too. So this gives you a minute or two to put those kitties to bed and grab your lover, lie down, perhaps a glass of wine and join me. Today is a tough day, especially as an American as I am, thinking back on that tragedy. And uh, there are so many stories etched in my mind uh, people who were lost, people that people that I knew that were lost in one of those twin towers. There was one story in particular of a young couple that I remember seeing her interviewed on uh, the news. Uh, they were from Hackensack, New Jersey, and it was an up-and-coming town at the time. And they were a young couple and had a, a, a son and a daughter about age three and age one. And she was so in love with him, and he died in the in 9-11 in one of the Twin Towers, and they were college sweethearts, and she so wanted to marry him, and she talked about that, how much she wanted to marry him, and how every time he picked her up for a date, she she patted his, the, his chest uh, to see if his suit pockets contained an engagement ring. She was just so excited, and she was just devastated and heartbroken when he died in those Twin Towers. It's a pain you think you will never get over, and you never do get over it. Uh, It's different. Life is different. Of course, raising young babies without your lover, your your husband, the father of your children, is tragic uh, under any circumstances, but especially when life is snuffed out far too quickly and far too young. Uh, So I often think of some of those um, uh, people who lost their loved ones, uh, you know, their their lives suffer in ways you don't think about. There's somebody that, that they've been intimate with, somebody who's been their lover and their friend, perhaps, uh, and someone they could rely on, and then all of a sudden, no longer. So it's, it's, it's extremely difficult, not just the loss of the person, but also the loss of intimacy, the loss of, uh, of the sex life that you knew. Um, and it's always quite different. Uh, especially when you have lost a love to a tragedy like that. Um, So uh, tonight, uh, my heart 
goes out to everybody uh, as we remember that those tough times. They were they were really tough times in our history and in many of our lives. Anyway, Matt, great to see you again. How are you? Yeah, good. How are you? <laughs> good, thank you. Yes. Uh, so we haven't seen each other in a little while. It feels like it has been a while, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, we're back again, back at it again. <laughs> here, here we are. I was away. I was in uh, the States. I was in San Francisco, city of love. Anyway, uh, so that was a great Great time. And uh, and your wedding, you were the MC at a wedding? Yeah, I was over on the island. I uh, got to spend some time with my family, and I had a great time. How nice. I, I love the island. Yeah, it's lovely. Uh, it's beautiful. Nice to get the opportunity to travel. And uh, although Vancouver is absolutely stunning, it is lovely to get away as well. Uh, this morning, I was over at the Coho Festival. Nurse Ollie and I were the swim nurses at the Coho Swim at Ambleside Beach. At the the oh, I saw that actually beautiful Ambleside yeah, I saw Beach. Your photos. Yes, yeah. So that was fantastic. How long was the swim? Uh, it was about uh, somewhere under, you know, well under an hour. But um, kind of that was sort of the average. There was a kilometer swim and a kilometer and a half swim. Oh, excellent. And uh, the temperature of the water was, oh, it was cold well, today. I saw you guys were wearing wetsuits and in the middle of August, <laughs> that's saying something. Yes, yeah, so uh, anyway, quite low temperatures there, but uh, so Nurse Ollie and I were there doing what we do best, a little mouth-to-mouth and uh, some bondage, I mean bandaging, and uh, <laughs> ripping some clothes off. Honestly, the first, uh, the first uh, nurse duty that uh, we had to do was uh, somebody whose wetsuit was too tight. And he said, take my clothes off. He was saying, take my clothes off. And she and I were actually unzipping him and taking uh, and taking his <laughs> wetsuit off. And both of us afterward were thinking, if only we could, somebody could take a picture of this place so we can Instagram it. We both had the same thought, but we, but we weren't, uh, we weren't able to do that. He was agreeable and he actually, uh, said we could after the fact, but, uh, but we never got around to it. Anyway, so, um, he was a hot guy and, uh, that's why we helped him take his clothes off. Uh, anyway, gentle reminder to take the, (laughs) no, it was true. That was a true story. And they were saying to me, they were giving me a hard time saying, I actually volunteer at that event every year and uh, because my friend Gord who's been very kind to me over the years and I I actually met Gord while I was speaking um, and he said you know you could speak to the accountants and you can speak to the lawyers and you can speak to the the, all these different groups and I never would have infiltrated those groups and so he got me speaking for a bunch of groups so of course I can never turn down Gord and uh, so he asked me to volunteer and I do but they were giving me a hard time saying what are you going to be able to do for anyone who's having a hard time here the sex nurse (laughs) (laughs) anyway I was able to help because the first order of the day was to take somebody's clothes off and of course no problem there that's easy for me we have lots of great um, subjects tonight on the show. We're going to be talking about testosterone in men. I do believe I promised that a couple of weeks ago. So I'm going to review that. And what, what's the meaning of low testosterone in men? And what does that look like? And also, of course, Dr. Google. I have many patients who come into my clinical practice, and they have gone to Dr. Google, and they have stacks of information. They may not necessarily get the right information. So I'm going to talk to you about why Dr. Google is actually making you sicker. And online dating. Well, I mean, people are in, people are out, they like it, they don't. But what's the ugly truth about online dating? We have it here for you tonight on the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Also, women with high sex drives. What is 
What is something you might not expect of women with high sex drives? I'm going to fill you in on that a little bit later on in the program. This is now a two-hour show. It goes from 8 to 10 p.m., so we're going to save some of the more risque subjects for the second half of the show from 9 to 10. Uh, so also, we'll probably save this to the second half of the show. So you just want to have sex with somebody. Well, how can it be? that you can have sex with somebody without getting emotionally involved because that's a neurochemical situation. So, you know, I I speak to women who are in having extramarital affairs with um, men. Uh, Sometimes women have extramarital affairs with women. But I was speaking to this one patient, and she said that uh, it was interesting. She said that the the married man that she'd been having an affair with for a while was such a liar Yes, well, one would expect that. He was such a liar, but she always believed he was in love with her, which is incongruous. Anyway, we'll talk a little bit further about that uh, a little bit later on in the program. And I did, I've had lots of requests to talk about sexual abuse, a very difficult subject, Um, a very difficult subject. I actually had a patient this week as well. He was a, a heroin addict, a crystal meth addict. He... Uh, abused alcohol he his life was a nightmare he lost a young child recently to um uh, to leukemia and uh he was a male survivor of sexual abuse so uh you know you just think you can just un unwrap that unravel that and you know can we tie it all back to that. And I also want to talk to you as well, which is kind of tied in here. I want to talk to you tonight about uh, the trauma associated with uh, childhood, in childhood that many people experience so sadly and so unfortunately. Uh, How is that tied to your physical and emotional health? And are, are we really treating patients very differently than we should be? I remember a general practitioner friend of mine, he said to me, Maureen, I, I do everything. I order all the tests and I write the prescriptions and I, you know, trying and I'm just doing everything. And what else can I do? And I said, why don't you ask them how their life is? And he said, what? I said, yes, ask them how their life is, what's going on in their life. It's very indicative of somebody's health as well. And then I'm not sure if this is a health-related subject or not, but I, I think it is. Uh, it's uh, Anthony Weiner's back in the news with his most unfortunate name, Mr. Weiner, and Mr. Weiner has an overwhelming desire to send pictures of his Weiner uh, over the internet. I, he, I believe he started out faxing uh, pictures of really? his. Yes, that was a very original. Um, uh, message we got from Mr. Weiner. Uh, he faxed it over. He got, literally got onto a photocopy machine, t- took a picture of I it. I got to admit, I might have done that once before, but I was a child <laughs> and just playing around. Never admit that. You know, I get a lot of emails, as you know, and I get a lot of, and, and you know, to be honest with you, and this is no invitation, please do not do this. Please don't. But it's happened to me where people send me, men, no women, men send me pictures of their junk. And in addition to a whole lot of other information that they send me or requests or, or whatever, uh, the gamut. And I, sometimes I'm just shaking my head thinking, you hit send. So I want to write a book called Sent, uh, the, all the emails and junk you have sent me over the years. Um, but we're going to be talking about um, the intellectual analysis of a man's need to snap and send his junk. 
Uh, also, I have a few clinical cases that I think will be helpful to discuss because I think it's pretty common. Some of these issues are, are fairly common. I do have some prizes to give away, so do stay tuned. I have a, a wonderful prize from WeVibe, uh, so I'll be giving that out a little bit later on in the show. If you have any questions at all for me, please give me a call. I love to talk. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You can always email me, sextalk at cknw.com. And when I come back, we're going to delve into some of those subjects, especially about Dr. Google and why that's making you sicker. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen, hosting the show for you tonight, as I do every Sunday night. It's my pleasure to be here, as always, and thank you for joining me. I love talking to you. Uh, something I want to talk to you about tonight's really common issue is this Dr. Google. And uh, so often patients will come into my office and they'll tell me that they checked the Internet and this is what they found, and many doctors are aware of this uh, because they see it every single day. And and in fact, it's not uncommon that patients arrive at the office with a Google stack, which is sometimes is what it's called. It's a pile of printouts from online research that uh, people have done. But more often, I don't actually see people who have printed these things out. These are just people who are, have researched it. They have uh, increased fear, fear about what they may or may not have. And they get even the information that they researched, they get that wrong. 72% of Americans search for health information online, according to a 2013 Pew study. About 35% search for diagnostic information. And of those who attempt to self-diagnose, just over half proceed to make an appointment with a medical professional to find out, to talk about what they found online. And... Also, roughly 1% of Google's searches are related to medical symptoms. So, you know, this is uh, this can be a big issue because obviously medical professionals aren't too happy about it. I mean, I don't mind. I'm just kind of like, okay, well, that's fine. That's great. Um, but let's, you know, do an assessment. Let's tell me what the symptoms that you're having are. Um, but there's this whole self-diagnosis trend. And then there's this self-treatment trend where people with a diagnosis comes a treatment. So if you've got the wrong diagnosis, you're going to get the wrong treatment, especially if you provide the treatment yourself. And medical professionals do not care. The doctors that I've spoken to about this do not care that they're losing control or undermining their authority. You know, patients are undermining their authority through these online medical searches. But... Um, the the problem is is that the results can suggest rare or morbid conditions or um, cancer. Everybody always thinks they have cancer, and you search for sore throat, and next thing you know, you have esophageal cancer. A very common situation for the women that I see in my clinical practice, they may have a little postcoital bleeding, little tiny bit of bleeding after sex, especially if they are on the pill. Uh, pregnant, postpartum, breastfeeding, perimenopausal or menopausal, and because the estrogen receptors decrease in the urogenital tract, and so the tissues are thin, and so you can actually get a little bit of bleeding. So automatically, 
people see a tiny little bit of bleeding on the toilet paper or after sex, and they automatically think they have cancer, that they have some form of vaginal cancer or uterine cancer or some kind of cancer. And this, they get so panicked and they get so upset. There's actually a very simple fix for that. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on in the program when I review one of the case studies that I'm going to talk to you about. Suggestibility is the problem with the online searches for medical information when you are not a trained medical uh, or a trained healthcare professional. So people, after reading or hearing about illnesses and their concomitant symptoms, people often imagine they are sick when they are not. And then they also get this fear-based thing, and they don't want to actually go and check something out because they're afraid it might actually be what it is. And it becomes this vicious cycle. Even when symptoms don't present themselves, learning about rare and terminal conditions can result in this health anxiety, worry, agitation, nervousness over a perceived illness, and perception is reality. This prompts the number of annual unnecessary doctor's visits. I always say there's a number of people, women mainly, who they don't have enough to do. This is terrible for me to say this. I know that. But they spend so much time at the doctor. Now, that's not to say that you shouldn't go to the doctor, but, you know, there are these people in your life and they're like not that busy and they're, they always have a doctor's appointment. Um, but often, you know, anxiety is not diagnosed either. Uh, and so there's a, an increase in reported health anxiety, and this has a new name, and it's called cyperchondria. This is actually coined uh, in 2001, but it's actually becoming more and more common uh, that people are um, doing these online searches and then going to their doctor and wanting a particular type of treatment. One of the doctors that I've worked with, he told me like maybe 10 years ago, he said, you know, I, I need a whole new education because these patients are coming in and hearing all of this stuff on Google, on the Internet. And I, you know, it's, it's not necessarily congruous with what uh, the diagnosis might be. In a study of 40 million searches, 10,000 of them manually annualized and analyzed, excuse me, they were able to demonstrate that the searchers progressed from reading about normal complaints to looking at rare and serious medical conditions. So in a companion survey of 515 individuals, 9 out of 10 respondents said they conducted an online search for symptoms of a common medical condition that led them to review a more serious illness. And 1 in 5 said this happened to them frequently. This was some research that was done out of Microsoft, some pioneering research scientists, White and Horvitz, out of, um, out of Microsoft. And they were looking at online medical searches and the heightened incident of this health-related anxiety. We have enough anxiety in this society, and it causes a lot of problems. A lot of people use substances to manage their anxieties, their inner turmoil, their inner issues. But the internet has the potential to increase anxieties of people who have little or no medical training. They may have a baseline anxiety type of personality, but then doing this, uh, going online, and, you know, people are, it's very common, they're actually searching this health content on the web. And, you know, I will say that it's difficult to navigate 
because people don't go to the right sites and there's a lot of marketing that's done and there's a lot of advertising that's done and there are a lot of false claims and there are a lot of natural treatments and they may not necessarily be uh, helpful. So what does anxiety mean? It means more doctor's visits, so more pressure on the healthcare system. It means crowded waiting rooms, like in emergency departments, but it also means a rise in risk. So the more often you visit a doctor and present with plausible symptoms, the more intrusive procedures you are likely to face in order to investigate it. The doctor has the obligation to investigate this. And so And another reason that this is dangerous is because the third most common cause of death in the U.S. after heart disease and cancer is the iatrogenic effect, which is a blanket term that refers to an unfortunate side effect from a medication or an interaction or surgical instrument, malfunction, physician negligence, medical error, pathogens in the treatment room, or just bad luck or just a, a, a difficult time with a procedure. So... These, this is something you've got to really think about before you go to Dr. Google. May I suggest you go to your own doctor if you have any symptoms. Also, if you do feel insistent on researching, go to clinicaltrials.gov.org. That's where you'll find the evidence. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW. I'm Maureen McGrath. If you are just joining me for the first time, welcome to the show. If you've been here before, great to have you back again. We're talking about testosterone in men. It's the sex hormone for men. Did you know that a drop in your sex drive, guys, can be due to low testosterone, or as we say in the field, low T? So can erectile dysfunction. I see a number of men in my clinical practice that present with erectile dysfunction. One of the best things you can do to elevate your testosterone naturally is to exercise. So uh, if you're not exercising, get up off that couch, drop that beer and that remote control, get out there. Uh, It's important. It's important that you treat your erectile dysfunction. It's important that you are aware of symptoms of low testosterone. Low testosterone alone is rarely the only reason for weaker and fewer erections. There are other medical problems that can be to blame, such as heart disease or diabetes, but erectile dysfunction may also indicate that. It's the canary in the coal mine. So your sex drive may improve if you treat uh, your sexual health problems. So if you have low testosterone, you find that to be the origin of the issue, you may want to speak to your doctor, not Dr. Google, your own doctor, and uh, get the appropriate treatment. But you can certainly start that treatment right away. And that's why people, I think they like to come and see me. One reason is because I always give them something to start with that day. Uh, so one thing I would recommend is, uh, aside from hurting their feelings, often telling them that they're overweight and that they're abdominal girth is too large and their blood pressure is too high, um, uh, doing a blood test for testosterone is often very beneficial. But what are some of the other symptoms? Fatigue, which is, we really, uh, we talk about women's fatigue, and that's the number one reason for low sexual desire in women. But fatigue is also a common effect of low testosterone in men. You might feel like you just don't have the energy that you used to have, or you might feel incredibly fatigued. 
but other things can sap your energy as well. So it may not necessarily be low testosterone. That's why it's dangerous to just go to Dr. Google. So, you know, just normal aging can make you a little bit more tired than you used to be, but also depression. One of the hallmark symptoms of depression for men is, in addition to anger, is fatigue. Uh, So getting enough sleep may help raise your energy levels. And for men, you need to get seven to eight hours each night. Try not to bring a computer into bed with you or your iPhone and turn the television off. Sleeping with blinders is really helpful or blackout blinds. Um, But if the fatigue is more than unusual, then definitely I would suggest you to go and see your doctor. Now, fuzzy thinking, we think about this with women in perimenopause and menopause, but low testosterone in men can actually have a negative impact on your mental focus and your memory. You may forget what you plan to do and have trouble concentrating. This can affect your job. This happens more often when testosterone levels are extremely low, exceedingly low. I do want to mention that it's a good idea to have a baseline testosterone level drawn at age 40. Even age 30 is a good time. So it's never too late to have that done. If you haven't had it done yet and you're 42, go and get it done. Don't feel badly about it. Don't say, oh, I didn't do it. Oh, no point now. You know, guys, I know you have a hard time going to the doctor anyway, Uh, And oftentimes I hear from women that men don't want to treat their sexual dysfunction, but it's really important. You know, some guys come in, I mean, honestly, they have a a flaccid penis and they expect women to uh, want to have sex with them with their flaccid penis. There's nothing attractive about a flaccid penis. Uh, So that's why it's important, but not only for that, so that you can have sex with somebody satisfying sex, but uh, it's also will help you to feel better and it will, you know, uh, it's a health issue. Erectile dysfunction is certainly a health issue for you. Um, you can also feel sadness and other symptoms of, of depression. So, you know, exercise again, uh, it's so important for fuzzy thinking. Did I just have a fuzzy thought moment there? Uh, changes in mood. This is a big issue for men as well. Men and women are a little different in terms. I'm not saying women cannot get moody or women can't be B-I-B-atches. They certainly can be. And I, I certainly see in my clinical practice couples and I just think, oh, my gosh, like she is brutal. Uh, how can you put up with this? <laughs> and vice versa. But men have this anger thing. And men men go to anger a lot faster then, well, I mean, men can go to anger, I should say. And that's, that's never good for a relationship. Uh, but low testosterone can get you down a little or to the point of depression. So some men really see a change in their personality. And, you know, you got to listen to people who live with you or love you or used to love you, perhaps. Um, maybe remember, once you get the fuzzy thinking cleared up, remember what somebody said to you. Uh, If nothing seems to make you happy anymore and you don't want to do things you used to enjoy, uh, you know, there might be uh, an issue and it might be low testosterone levels. You know, uh, men in my clinical practice who have had low testosterone levels, when they go back to normal, they often say they feel like themselves again, which is so gratifying for me. It's a very simple uh, treatment, simple blood test and uh, simple treatment. There are uh, testosterone replacement injections um, for um, for you if your testosterone level is low. 
muscle changes. Uh, because testosterone helps to build muscle, when it gets low, your muscle mass and strength also diminishes. So when when you work out, and I've had patients that have had this, when you work out, you don't see the results that you would normally expect from exercise. You know, people are like, I'm lifting so much and I'm actually losing muscle mass. So it can actually be related to low testosterone. And, you know, you really need to go to a doctor, get a referral to a doctor who is finessed in this area. Uh, go and talk to your GP first, but also uh, Dr. Peter Palmerville, Dr. Stacey Elliott, those are two doctors in the city that uh, know testosterone like nobody's business. And uh, if I was a man, which I'm not, um, and I had low testosterone, I would see either one of those doctors. So uh, you have to be very careful in, and, uh, in treating the certain levels and the different um, types of, of testosterone. So uh, definitely, um, if you notice something like that, that can be a pretty significant issue and men can feel pretty badly about this. A lot of guys aren't feeling so badly about this next thing, which is more body fat. Not only can you lose muscle with low testosterone, you can also gain fat. And if you're not building muscle with the calories that you're taking in and the physical activity that you do, then your body turns the calories into fat. And I see this a lot. Guys present to my clinical practice. They have erectile dysfunction. They have a large abdominal girth. They have elevated blood pressure. And uh, their diets are, you know, three or four beers a day. I had one patient in this week. Others, uh, you know, so much bread, so much white food, so much processed food. They don't realize sugar is in everything. And and as, as I say to some of the patients, just comes out of my mouth. I said, sugar is like eating cancer cells. It's really bad. It promotes inflammation and uh, it's associated with so much uh, uh, disease and medical conditions and the up and down, the insulin spikes and the blood sugar spikes and it's, you know, you don't feel great. So you want to eat a healthy diet, a clean diet. And that is low glycemic index vegetables, protein, low carb, water is your best friend, not beer. Um, so cut down on the alcohol. You know, people get really accustomed to drinking alcohol and increasing that those amounts of alcohol. A lot of people hit the bottle when they have a problem, uh, try to, if they get anxious or and they want to calm down, they automatically go straight to the bottle. So that's not going to help you. If you're overweight or obese, your body may make more testosterone as you lose weight. So that's another reason that it's really important that you lose weight and will also help you to gain lost muscle mass. Thinning body hair, that's also a sign of low testosterone as well. Loss of bone mass, low testosterone has been linked to osteoporosis. We think of osteoporosis and we think of women, but this is a disease that weakens bones, whether you are a man or a woman. And so you want to check with your doctor about that. So to keep your bones healthy, you don't want to smoke and you definitely want to cut back on alcohol and get regular exercise, including weight-bearing exercise as well. The sleeping is a huge issue, and we know that people are deprived of sleep, and that will impact the productivity of their day. When your testosterone levels are low, you might have trouble with insomnia and restlessness at night and difficulty falling asleep. So you want to have a relaxing bedtime routine, and you know what that should include. That should include just a little sex. But if you're having low testosterone, you might have low sexual desire and you may also have erectile dysfunction. So that's why it's also important. All of this is tied, you see, tied together. Uh, you can tie yourself together. Anyway, go to bed and wake up at the same time, even on the weekends. And as I said, those dark rooms, 
Those are important. And, you know, all of this can impact your job. And there's nothing that will drag a man down any worse than if he's not doing well at work or if he loses his job, God forbid. Many of the effects of low testosterone, focus problems, mood issues, low energy can make it hard for you to stay on top of your game. So if your home life or your work life has changed dramatically, you may want to go and get a full medical checkup, including a low T. And you know what? If you just live a healthy lifestyle, you can actually make some changes in your testosterone level. So you might want to talk to your doctor about that. Anyway, it's been great to talk to you about this subject, which impacts so many men's lives and so many men's sex lives. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Sex, baby. Let's talk about sex, baby. That, uh, Matt, is a song from the early days of radio, (laughs) as you know. It always reminds me of the days when I was on the other side being interviewed about this subject. I wanted to read a couple of emails and a couple of comments, really, um, about uh, that I received after having done my TEDx Stanley Park talk. Uh, did I mention to you, Matt, that it's uh, had over 375,000 views now in about eight weeks? And uh, that's you. <laughs> I see you're underwhelmed. Um, and about 1,000 comments on there. So, you know, go to YouTube and just put in Maureen McGrath TEDx, Stanley Park, and it will come up. And it's an amazing slice of life, the comments that the people have put on uh the stream or, you know, the comment section underneath that. It's amazing what people have shared. You know, when I did that talk, which was on the no sex marriage, masturbation, infidelity, loneliness, cheating, and shame, I, um, I felt a little bit like I was opening a Pandora's box, uh, at, pun intended, but I also was really nervous that I was going to be kind of letting the cat out of the bag and about, you know, everybody thinks that people in that are married are having fabulous sex. But, you know, it seems that if people are having sex, it's that, that vanilla sex, which some people like, or um, very few, only about 7% are having that chocolate with pop rocks and jimmies on top kind of sex. <laughs> That's the other kind of sex. Um, but it not the people on very few people that have watched that uh, have uh, are having that latter type of sex uh, that I describe, and they're not even having the vanilla sex. And I was interested in a comment um, from one gentleman who, uh, you know, it was straight up sex talk, basically that that TEDx talk that I gave, which you watched. Um, but the comments are are just amazing. I mean, one person did call me a... Most of them are supportive and validating. One person did call me a feminist, Marxist, liberal biatch, but that's okay. I paid no attention. But one of the most common um, uh, res- type of responses that I have received... I'm just going to get it up right now for you. If uh, You can get yours up as well. Um, anyway, here it is. It's just about the, my approach and my approach was just a pretty much, uh, straight up, uh, educational. I just tried to tell it like it was. And so, um, the fellow called Dave's life 
Um, all of these people have all these names that aren't, aren't necessarily like Darth, you, Yvonne, and anyway, Dave's life. And Dave's life said, a great talk, well presented, and a lot of sound and simple advice. Laugh out loud. That said, I am still in a sexless marriage. Hey ho. So that's actually not an uncommon uh, response. A lot of people have talked about as soon as they got married, uh, their wife no longer wanted to have sex with them. Uh, and or that after the kids were born, the, there was no sex, or somebody mentioned that um, she said, uh, I take your advice, fantasy is key, uh, I like anyone in a uniform, and she said, for crying out loud, I've been, I've been married for 15 or 20 years, uh, i got to use fantasy. But it's not necessarily, uh, most of the comments on there are, are men who are complaining about how um, their wives no longer... Uh, engage in sex with them and so they are in a sexless marriage and and what they're trying to do that they're actually um they're cheating they're planning on cheating they they have sex elsewhere they they seek it in other other ways um but it's not always just the men and i got this really sad email yesterday um from a woman and she said dear maureen i just watched your video no sex marriage on tedx and want your advice for the situation i am in currently I've been married for five years and I love my husband. I expect the same from him and in a way I feel he does sometimes, but he never made love to me like he really loves me. I don't think that he feels the passion, lust, desire, urge to have sex as he has never expressed any of these so far in five years. He also never compliments me. I get the urge to have sex daily. When I express my feelings, he always keeps saying that he is feeling tired, feeling sleepy, backache, working till late in the night, fighting and arguing, blaming me that I am not a good wife, so he's not interested, and so on. I've asked him countless times the reason, reasons for avoiding sex with me, and he ends the conversation with a long list of complaints about me. You work late even after coming home when you are supposed to cook as a wife. You do not take interest in cooking. You do not do housework. You are very proud that you are earning more than me. You order so many things online and waste money. You don't cook like my mother did. And because of you, I'm not having good food or a good life. The list goes on and on and never ends. So he always ends up complaining about me and is never satisfied with me. I end up very frustrated, lonely, hurt, with low self-esteem. Currently, I am so depressed that I am not able to get out of it, and I want to kill myself at the earliest time. Please help me. I mean, this is how tragic this can become. And of course, before there's even help, I had to reply and and insist that she get help, talk to a friend if she is really suicidal um, about this. But this is not... Uh, uncommon. People feel terrible about themselves. They're lonely. They're very frustrated. I see couples coming into my practice. They haven't had sex for four years, five years, eight years, 10 months, nine months. I mean, some of the guys are ready to, honestly, they're so frustrated. I I think their heads are going to blow off. Um, So I had to, of course, advise her that she get help immediately for her emotional state. And if she's suicidal, to immediately contact somebody. Do not be alone um, and uh, and also seek 
professional medical help immediately. Anyway, this is the devastation of sexless marriages. This is some of the work that I do. We're going to talk a little bit more about this and other subjects related to sex, health, and relationships when I uh, return in the next hour. We're going to go to a quick break, and I'll tell you what's coming up in the second hour of the program. I'm Maureen. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath. I'm your host, and uh, this show is now two hours long, so we're, I hope you stay with me. We're going to be talking about how childhood trauma leads to lifelong chronic illness. Why isn't the medical community helping patients? We're also going to be talking about online dating uh, and the ugly truth about that. I'm going to share with you some of the emails, some of the other emails I've received and some of the clinical cases that I deal with. Um, if you are a man with low sexual desire out there, you are not alone. That happens to you. There is help for you. I'm not sure there's help for Anthony Weiner, but uh, we're going to talk about the intellectual analysis of a man's need to snap and send his junk. And how about women with high sex drives? You think that's fabulous, right? Well, it may not be uh, for a time. It may only be fabulous for a time, and I'll tell you about that when I return. And the ugly truth about online dating going to be talking about that. You can call me 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. And in the second hour, I'm going to be giving out the WeVibe Nova, Nova, not Nova, Nova. It flexes with you. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW.